Max faces the Reddit community with what might be the final Ask Me Anything before we go on a live release. Uh, we're joined by a special co-host, Mono Especial, to help us break it all down, the 998 comments made. Along with, uh, we're uh, joined another special host, our live hero of the show, uh, talking to us about the vandalism at Kurahi and the effort that is underway to repair it. All this and more on episode 10 of Hell Let's Talk. Digi, ah, oh. we might have started we drinking it. a little. We might have started drinking a little bit too early here uh, for this show. <laughs> we, we made it to double digits, man, and that's all that matters categorically. I guess if you don't count that episode zero, but yes, it, 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 I, it does. We're, uh, we're working through our our challenges, and every show is its own original blend. Its own blend, <laughs> just like and the the, the the title for today's show is a developer walks into a bar. Uh, it, you know, one it, get, I wanted like Max faces the music or something of this nature, but I think Digi, you said in the prego, we're really trying to go for that sponsorship. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just say if it's whiskey, I'm all for it. If it's Indeed. you know, I'll take I'll so, take whatever sponsorship we can get. So outside the show, how's the uh, how's how's Hell Let Loose been uh, treating you uh, in game, uh, Digi? Not too bad. I mean, I've been getting in my occasional rounds in here, just playing with the new meta, uh, of course, the new meta. And then, uh, yeah, just kind of finding out the right fit and feel as to how things are kind of unfolding. I'm getting my good battles in there, and that's still keeping me playing. How about yeah. yourself? I've been doing good. I actually bro finally broke level 200. I know a couple episodes. Yeah, a couple episodes behind my co-host here. Uh, but uh, <laughs> doing that, ha having fun with Red Zone Garrisons, things of that nature. Um, and actually, before we get into the toast and get into the show, I actually think our first guest, uh, Sam, is in Discord with us. Sam, you got your drink ready there, buddy? I do. All right, so let's go ahead and bring him right in. So uh, before we introduce him, priorities. Cheers. There we go. Cheers. So, uh, Digi, we're, we're going to change this one up a little bit, aren't we? Yeah, we were cutting into uh, some, well, last minute changes here, and we've always got a good jam-packed show for you all. Um, but this one, we got changed last minute in a really good direction. We got Sam here, who's with the Curry Cleanup Project. Uh, Inshan, if you could break that down a little bit more. We discussed this a couple episodes back as to what we had seen there. And, uh, you know, in all regards, I think we're moving forward in the right direction. Yeah, so episode five, uh, which seemed eons ago, uh, we actually got introduced to our zero of the show was mm -hmm. uh, the History Underground highlighted uh, some vandalism uh, and just a degraded state of Curry overall. And we were kind of looking at what we could do uh, on a personal level, what we could do as a gaming community. And we reached out to Sam Taylor. Uh, Sam uh, is with the Curry Cleanup Project. And Sam, if you want to go ahead and kind of pick it up from there, you know, what is the Curry Cleanup Project and uh, what specifically is this fundraiser going into? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'll start off just talking about the Curry Cleanup Project. Um, and to talk about that, I kind of got to talk about myself a little bit, just my personal history with Curry. Um, I'm a native to Cohen, I guess you would say, born and raised here, lived here almost my whole life. And, uh, you know, my I grew up with my father being an Eagle Scout, so I've spent a lot of time outdoors. Um, 
and just being in this area, teachers in school and stuff have, have made a point to talk a lot about Camp Tico and the history of the area. And there was even a point, I think in sixth grade, where I got to meet somebody from Easy Company who came to our school and talked to us. Oh, wow. yeah. So, you know, I, I have definitely have a personal connection with Curry, whether that's through just learning about the history of the area, whether that's World War II or even the Native Americans that used to live here. But also, I've personally spent a lot of time on this mountain. Um, as we were talking about before the show, you know, I'm an outdoor rec major, but before I went to college, I spent a lot of time doing things like rock climbing, mountain biking, and hiking. And I've been all over Curry, bushwhacking through the woods, trying to find stuff. And, and I've spent a lot of time rock climbing up there. And, you know, I've spent a lot of time developmentally as a teenager with my friends up there and and we just noticed over time that this issue of the of the trash and the graffiti just getting worse and worse and it's been there for a long time it's been there since like you know the 60s and 70s is, is really when the paint started to show up um but if you know the area well enough you know that there's some rock etchings up there from like the late 1800s so the the graffiti goes a, a ways back and you know it, it, it's been a struggle for me personally to see sort of the, the issues get worse and worse over time and nothing happening about it. So at some point when I was in college and I was studying outdoor recreation, me and my buddies who'd spent a bunch of time up there were just like, enough is enough. We've got to do something about this. And so we sort of started this informal volunteer group that we decided to call the Curry Cleanup Project around 2013. And for a while we were just doing trash cleanups we were going up there once every other month or whatever and picking up bags of trash um and taking them to you know a buddy's dad's business and throwing it in the dumpster um and then i reached out to the forest service and we got acknowledged as like an official co-trails volunteer group and then as a few years went on um and i learned a little bit more about sort of just the the volunteer community and i was a rock climber i reached out to this organization called the southeastern climbers coalition um and they sort of helped me figure out how to start doing graffiti removals um because they have experience in this sort of area working with land management agencies because unfortunately our land management agencies are ill-equipped to deal with some of these issues which we could talk about a little bit later well and i um, think i think on your fundraiser you talk you know the, one of the challenges of this graffiti removal is you got to use a special chemical yes. called uh, elephant <laughs> snot i mean it stands out yeah <laughs> elephant snot is is great elephant snot was introduced to me by the southeastern climbers coalition and okay it's a biodegradable paint thinner. Um, it's made, manufactured in, I think, Minnesota by this company called Graffiti Solutions. They're, they literally make products specifically for this type of issue. And a lot of their customers are like municipalities for stonework, overpasses, like stuff on the side of highways, things like that. And, and Elephant's not as specifically formulated for porous uh, surfaces like rock mm -hmm. or brick, etc. Um, and it's like an alkali emulsifier, and it's got their proprietary blend of, of chemicals that make it sort of like viscous, so it stays on a surface for a while. Um, and you sort of spread it on there with a paintbrush and wait wait about 40 minutes to an hour, and then you scrub it um, with like plastic bristles, and then you spray it off. Um, Without and it degrading works any of wonder. the stone. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's it fantastic. You, 
You, you know, and yeah. I think you said this so clearly in your introductions. I mean, you've got such a spiritual connection with this mountain and, right. you know, I've rock climbed and, you know, you can you can see that connection to the rock itself. It becomes really a part of you. And I really mm -hmm. enjoy hearing, uh, you know, just a local person, uh, you know, taking care of their local history that impacts the societal c cultural experience. I mean, so many of us have watched Band of Brothers. So many of us right. know, you know, Curry Mountain. Um, and, and it just really expands beyond that. And it's just really looking after our own history at that point. And I, I think that's a wonderful uh, thing you're doing. Um, and you're really just binded to it. And I can't say, you know, how much we, we want to support you. Like, how do we do that? What's the best way that we can give you the help you need in order to take care of this, uh, this cleanup. And I, I love the name, by the way, it, it just rolls off the tongue. Nice. <laughs> Curry he cleanup crew. <laughs> yeah. It's got some nice hard consonants in there. Um, yeah, very illiterate. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, we've got this fundraiser that that I started a while back um, because I, I sort of did some math and figured out how much money I felt we would need to to completely remove the graffiti that's on the mountain right now and then continue to to remove it as it comes back because that's one of the issues with Curry is it has culturally become known as a location uh, to go sort of just party and, and spray paint the mm -hmm. rock and put your Snapchat or Instagram handle. That's a real shame. Yeah, it is a shame. And part of the way we deal with that is, is education. And, and mm -hmm. another part is removing the graffiti because there's a concept in recreation that we call release your cue behavior. And when you go to a place that's trashed, it's a lot easier for you to justify continuing to do the same. And it's very hard for someone to go up to a pristine location and be like, hmm, I think I'll spray paint this. I'll be the first. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That, that's a, that um, is a great concept. So like, is there so in the future, like, uh, is there preventative actions to to limit that, you know, ability uh, going forward? Or is it really just kind of like start the ball with the cleanup and see where uh, that develops? Yeah, at the moment, it's kind of start the ball with the cleanup. Um, we, we do have plans with the Forest Service. There's some mm -hmm. sticking points with that right now. What we're trying to to get to happen is to designate Curahi as some sort of either recreational oh, or yeah. historical site. Um, hopefully both, but we'll we'll see. The, the sort of first step to that is getting an actual Forest Service system trail designated up there. And before mm -hmm. we can even start on that, we need to get the graffiti removed because people are not going to respect it as an area. And the Forest Service as an entity is not going to want to put the time, energy, effort, and funds into making this a rec site if it's already trashed because, you know, to them, it's not worth it. Um, right now, the Curry is is designated as and managed as a calm site. If you've seen pictures of the mountain, there are quite a few towers up there some of them are cell phone towers some of them are like direct uh microwave line of sight communications arrays mm -hmm. um so there's a road right up to the top of the mountain and unfortunately it is open to the public even though there's a curfew there they don't have the personnel the time and the funding to send somebody to like close the gate every evening mm -hmm. um and they and they've tried to do stuff like that in the past and generally people get pretty angry <laughs> so <laughs> And, um, and I think it's these little community startups, right? It's that grassroots movement that, you know, yes. I think the locals take care of their own in a sense. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'd love to see your organization, you know, you get the capacity and and definitely the funding to support what you, what needs to happen there, um, whether that be, you know, 
just having a volunteer set up to cl- open close gates at the end, right? If you got to buy the right, gate right. itself, you know, those are, I think that's just wonderful, you know, just, just getting it started. And I totally understand they don't want to take on a, a, a large work project if it's already this I mean, far behind. Right. So I think you're, you're, the, the heart's in the right place, get it cleaned up. And we can't wait to see it like Inchon, our very own, as well as nuclear. Another person with the training camp are got to be there. A part of that cleanup crew that comes around what time they're in Sean. Uh, around Memorial Day, and I, you mentioned that this being a local effort, but uh, Sam, I think you can echo onto this. Mm-hmm. Uh, this fundraiser that you initiated uh, for this recent round of cleanups, so you said you've been doing this since 2013, but you wanted to right. kick off a new mm-hmm. round. This has become yes. a nationwide, maybe even a worldwide effort. I would to, say international. <laughs> exactly. To do this. So uh, we're going to have this down in the show notes. Um, and in fact, uh, talking where you can go, the GoFundMe. Um, but us as a gaming community, we, we play a game where, you know, yes, for a we can enjoy the luxury of our gaming chairs or our computers uh, reenacting and having some enjoyment or some frustration, depending on how the match goes for you, <laughs> of what real life people uh, did uh, who trained at Curry. And I, I think as a gaming community, we 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 want to maintain that legacy. Uh, so this week, we're actually going to be launching a couple different things. Uh, first, there will be a 24-hour stream team with streamers uh, all across uh, Twitch coming together in a continuous 24-hour stream uh, in order to raise money for the GoFundMe account, which uh, Sam is managing. You can actually see here a couple of pictures. Some of those supplies are coming in. All this is trying to get in that elephant, get all that uh, money in so we can buy the purchases for Memorial Day cleanup. Uh, two is we're actually having a Pro Bowl uh, main event, 96 of the top players with two developers We'll be competing 16 different communities represented in the game. And three, we're actually going to get into our next guest. Uh, Mosca, uh, Hell Let's Talk very own, is actually uh, donating a, a commission of your choosing uh, that will be up for silent auction. So, I mean, Sam, you originally put out $10,000 and give the power to YouTube and the History mm-hmm. Underground uh, <laughs> raised over 10,000 in 36 hours. So now, now you have a stretch goal. Sam, you want to talk to us a little bit about what that stretch goal and how that money is going to be used? Sure. So the initial um, you know, $10,000 goal had to do with you know, my assessment of like, this is the supplies we need to clean the mountain, right? Um, and the vast majority of that was going towards this, this elephant snot purchase because elephant snot is expensive. It's almost $400 for a five-gallon bucket. Wow. And... There's a lot of graffiti to remove. So, you know, my estimate cost estimate was like 25 gallon buckets, um, which is about $8,000. And the rest of that was going towards PPE and and other supplies of that nature. Um, Graffiti removal stuff like the brushes and the sprays, canisters. Um, And, you know, that that's pretty much all equipment. So this stretch goal is partially to fund anything else we might end up needing um, after the cleanup. But then you know, because we got this money from this this interest in history in World War II and Curry itself, because thank JD, you know, yeah, we wouldn't have gotten money without JD. Um, I want to give back to to sort of that side. So a big chunk of that money is going to be going towards Camp Tacoa, um, what's left over. And then some of that money will also be going to the Southeastern Climbers Coalition because of all the help they've shown me throughout the years, um, you know, since I started doing this. So, and I think you know, you whatever that, is left over after supplies is going to be going to those two. Well, I think you said the Climbing Coalition is looking to be, maybe do some uh, historical markers out there, some trail yeah, work. Yeah. 
really right. just so we're, improving the area. snowballing you know it's a really great idea you know it just gets bigger and better um yeah. as the, as the ideas get there so we want to give you right. the funding to do these these wonderful opportunities so yeah we're looking into a kiosk interpretive signing oh, nice that, that trail that trail that i was talking about um it's definitely going to need funding so indeed well sam we, we appreciate you coming on the show we more appreciate everything you're doing uh, you mm-hmm. get to be, I mean, granted, we're only 10 episodes <laughs> in, but you get to be the first real life hero, hero of the show. Of the there, show. <laughs> there it goes. The applause is out there. You get the Yay. official seal. A game that Sam, now Sam is a gamer. We did talk about this before. He's not a hell at loose gamer. Uh, we might, yes. after, after we do know, this fundraiser, after we do this one, we're going to have to do a build Sam, a PC fundraiser, <laughs> and then just to get him in game. But uh, Sam, we appreciate you. Uh, I will be down there, like I said, uh, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, definitely the show after that. Uh, look forward to reporting uh, and taking some before and after photos. I'm sure JD with the History Underground will do it. But oh, Sam, sure. thank you for everything. Thank you for coming on the show and wish you the best. Thank hey, you, Sam. Thank you guys for having me. Take care. All right, I guess a hero, man. That that is just fantastic. I can't that, speak any higher praise to that uh, organization. I think it's just a wonderful reminder of where we come from and never lose. Don't lose your history. Yeah. Um, so amazing. So amazing. Um, well, I mean, we've got that great, great individual and we got our good pal from Portugal. Mr. Mosca, how you is doing, it buddy? Or Spain? I thought it's Spain. Here. From Spain, anyway. yes. Ah, I think. Is this Spain? Spain? Spain the rain, the rain in Spain. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Mosca. Well, and, and as we're singing, saying the praises of uh, Sam coming on the show, uh, uh-huh. you volunteered to do a custom uh, art piece or a commission uh, to help as a fundraiser. So if you, this is your chance. If you've ever wanted Mosca to do a, a, an avatar for you or how awesome it would be if he could do a clan logo or I want him to make a very specific cartoon about this moment in Hell Let Loose. Uh, the uh, the auction is going to be going live after this show. Uh, actually, uh, with Mosca's post, uh, it's a silent auction, so Top Bid goes to that, and all the proceeds go to, to the uh, GoFundMe. But Mosca, as always, you got a fresh cartoon for us. Yes, it's about uh, my, my big problem with Hell Let Loose that are my friends uh, per second. I have lost all my frames. <laughs> I've lost so, all my frames. <laughs> yeah, all, all of them. Um, I, I have done a cartoon about the um, the winner, the the FPS uh, killers. Yep. And I got I got we we just we just had the earlier one up there. FPS killer championship. As we're talking about all the competitive games, there is multiple aspects of the game that's killing all your frames per second. Uh, dude, I, I love this one. So, who is it? Mosca, you got third place as the smoke. Smoke, the smoke. And second smoke is my loving gla- grass. I love the, <laughs> the grass. Perfect for me. I eat gra- grass every day. Every oh, day. <laughs> and number and one, the winner is the bombing run. <laughs> the new bombing run, yes, yeah. has been hitting us harder, even harder than it did before. <laughs> yeah, and they did up a bombing run, and I say I'm going to to advance because nobody could shot at me, and there are only two frames. Okay, <laughs> so perfect for attacking. Well, oh boy! I, I was, you know, we can dive in a whole, you know, subcategory of the show, starting to challenge whether Mosca's rankings here at first, second, or third are truly there 
Uh, I, I would say but this one might be a little bit controversial. As I think some people think that the grass. If, if you're in the taken. stream right now, put it in the chat. What do you think's number one out of those three? They're all very good to me. So, uh, but I, uh, most guy, I, I I love this, especially with the bomb. You know, the the holding up there was his first place champion. Yes, uh, victory! There you go, champion. So. <laughs> yes. I love but, Bobby Rang, and they are beautiful, spectacular, but. My frames don't like the bombing run. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. And we're actually going to be talking a little bit about the Greyhound Cup coming up here, which uh, you've still been competing in uh, with the Bastardos. So uh, how, how's the, how's your uh, how's your in-game experience been besides the FPS killer? Or have you been have you been uh, sidelined because of the FPS? El, sorry, and then um, have you have you been, still been able to get into any of the uh, Greyhound Cup games, competitive okay. games? Been in the Greyhound, and we won the the last uh, battle. Yes, very, very happy. nice. I'm Nice. So, I'm not saying yeah, I'm not saying I'm happy. fair and impartial, but I I I always pull for you. Yeah. <laughs> the commentator bias, man. You got to have a little. No, no, no. See, when I'm a commentator, <laughs> as Wanda will get in here, but our next guest. Uh, I, I love both teams. They're both equally my children. But when Mono's on Hell Let's Talk, I'm a Bastardos fan 100% through. <laughs> <laughs> you, are you telling me you watch Mo, uh, Moscow a little bit closer on that admin cam when he's on screen? <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> so. I'm beautiful at the game. I'm, uh, I have he's, a, a, a he's an artist. Smoke. It's, it's perfect. <laughs> so, Mosca, I, I, I'm sure everybody will enjoy this here on Reddit, but the first peek over here on Hell Let's Talk. Bosco, we'll see you next episode. And uh, thank you. Um, we see at the auction. I, I have the commission closed, so it's the only opportunity to get a commission. Okay? The only, uh, no more commissions after this. This is for a while. For a while, I am tired. <laughs> I have uh, more work, and so this is the only option. I don't know. Uh, work. You heard it here. Get in, get in fast, and get your bids on there. Uh, we will be posting up the link. I would imagine, Inchon, oh, for how you can get involved. I, I'm at least. I, I'm, I'm half tempted. Maybe throw down at least. You know, I don't know, <laughs> 50, 60 bucks. We'll see how the, how the bidding goes. So, thank you, Mosca, and appreciate Thanks everything you're Mosca. doing for the uh, cleanup effort. Adios, amigo. All right. So you say adios. We're, we're going worldwide on this uh, show. <laughs> yes, we, we are. We, we, oh we, we were we were briefly in Portugal until we remembered that Mono's He's in, in uh, Spain. Or, <laughs> yeah, Mosca's in Spain. <laughs> now let's go all the way down to South America and bring in our co-host Mono Especial. Mono, welcome, Mono. Hey guys, it's in been a it's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Indeed, it's a pleasure in to have you. So let's do if if you don't know who Mono is, first off, you need to get you need to look at YouTube because if you, if you haven't seen it, I think Mono, how short are you at 15,000? I think you're just about at 15,000. 14,100 right now. Let's so go. close. Let's send it. So Everybody so, get in there. Uh, it's nearly take, a uh, Go ahead. Uh, one, one month is my one expectation, month. I think. Yeah. Or sooner. Or sooner. So. Approaching 15,000 subscribers, uh, definitely one of the most prolific uh, YouTube streamers out there. Now in on Twitch platform, so also uh, balancing himself with that. Uh, is a Hell Let Loose player through and through, but also does some variety games. You check out his stream, you can see some other things. Uh, he's a member of the Never Play Alone community. And instead of just doing a normal interview of, hey, Mono, what's behind you, everything. Uh, Mono is so knowledgeable about this game that we had to bring him right into our main segment here, uh, which is really updating on the competitive scenes and getting to the MNA, uh, uh, the ask me anything. So 
Uh, Mono, I, I think a lot of people, if you turned into the DreamHack, also saw you there. Uh, you want to kind of tell us a little bit about how the DreamHack Invitational uh, went? Well, the DreamHack, I think, was an incredible event. It was three matches, you know, one after the other one. Uh, obviously, the, the the winner of the first two matches going to the, the, the final one. And overall, I think it was an incredible event. Uh, we started out with some issues on the stream with audio issues. Oh, hold on. <laughs> we're, uh, we're always having them here, so that's totally understandable. This is a live show. Live show happening here. So I'll go ahead and pick up for uh, for All Mono right. there. Yeah, sorry. The, the DreamHack went really well, except for some technical issues. But uh, what I really liked is uh, we had Chuck uh, doing commentary on the first match. Then we hopped in with Terry uh, and me, basically, and Chuck. All three commenting what we do on, on, on Saturdays, right? Uh, instead of being both of us, it was three guys talking about the game with multiple cameras and stuff and I, I i had a really good time i i hope we do it again because having learned from that first event uh with the finals with hltc and w2h we had a pretty interesting match um and yeah dude it, it would have been like cool if we if we had no difficulties and and you know with 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 what we learned, we can do it better if we do it next time. The practice makes perfect. Yeah, I think you guys yeah. really, you guys all dappered up. Uh, we'll post in uh, just the links uh, where you can follow Chuck on Twitch. Uh, Ter does T Terry has a Twitch as well? Um, and then Mono has his his account and we'll put up those links. But uh, yeah, you guys did a fantastic job with commentary and we had a lot of fun playing in the matches. Uh, uh, us with the training camp, we made it again all the way to the finals against WTH and we had a really solid fight against them uh, <laughs> on a very hard point. Uh, a lot of barbed wire. Damn you, win four. Yeah. I wasn't there, yeah. but I saw it. You saw, <laughs> we see win four, that barbed wire. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to leave it at that. But it was a really, really fun event. And yeah, we look forward to a future event. Uh, should there be one? I Awesome. Really awesome. Thank you for putting that all together. Uh, you, Chuck and Terry. Indeed. No problem, dude. Uh, we also had, to, uh, I think it was Treetop and, oh my God, I'm forgetting someone. But yeah, a uh, really great event. Well, and I know you had a couple developers in there. DreamHack came back with some positives. So I, I don't think this is going to be the first and only. I think this is going to be... Uh, you know, we're going to see more of these and give give credit to NPA Chuck for pushing the technical envelope, uh, not just going with a safe approach, but trying to be aggressive. Um, so credit to Chuck on that one. Uh, also credit from on down. Let's go down Australia. Uh, down under. Are, down under, which I guess is it uh, Anzac Day, I guess is. Uh, it is, it is Anzac Day. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's very, very, very Memorial Day for uh, the soldiers, North uh, New Zealand, Australia. Um, a very, very awesome uh, event yep. down there. I was there one year and it's just amazing, memorable service they have. So the battle down under saw AIF mm -hmm. and uh, holding flanks and killing tanks. Want to make sure I got to say the whole thing so I don't slaughter the uh, <laughs> I, yeah, That's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I don't anyway, say it all, all the way. <laughs> HF, HFKT. There you go. Uh, they went back. They had a best two out of three. And they had their finale and uh, got to commentate live on that one. Woke up early and it was everything was worth it. Uh, it was over there on St. Marie Iglesias. Hospice was the point. And it was a back and uh, back and forth. HFKT got the point first. But in the final 90 seconds, AIF was able to regain the point. And I think it was just an epic finish uh, to a, a, a classic uh, best out of three series between those two. So credit goes to AIF. Congratulations on the win. 
but there was more competitive uh, things that mm-hmm. happened last season uh, or last since last episode. Did you? you, got, you, you I don't think you know a little bit about the seventh. Yes, the seventh put down a really great seventh cavalry. Um, they they put together a really good charitable event um, for the International Association for Suicide Prevention, um, and they just are finishing up this week. Uh, right now, it's, it's it's the same good players and and teams uh, in this event. Uh, we can see Tango was knocked out early in the winter seasonal. But they're coming back strong with a third place uh, finish here. Um, right now, it's BR1 versus the line versus uh, the Badger squad boys. I uh, love those guys uh, t- that are going to be battling for first and second place. So it's a really good f- rounder into the finals for that. But to date, they've raised over $3,769 for go. the IASP. So again, hats off to Seven Cavalry. Thank you for putting these together. Uh, we are just gamers, but we got gamers with heart in this game. Um, I think our community speaks very loudly with uh, what our interests are, and they're always in the right place. Yeah, definitely so. giving back. And uh, final, yeah. the, we rounded out four competitive events here. Uh, the Greyhound Cup. Mono, uh, you know, it's funny enough, when I first talked to Mono about being on the show a couple weeks ago, I said, hey, man, do you want to just kind of come in and co-broadcast some of these, ba- <laughs> some of these battles? So Mono and I have been uh, broadcasting, I think what we've done now, two of them together. Uh, of the three. Greyhound Cups, three of them together. Uh, last, no. uh, w- what has kind of come out of that is you really seen one sixteenth uh, become dominant. They had a great win, a really good back and forth win uh, against uh, the STB and Pi uh, that they were able to seal that out. And then eighty second uh, AD is also undefeated. So those two teams are in the best position as we head into the last week of the play in rounds, and they'll be into a single elimination bracket. But Mono. <laughs> We saw 501st yesterday. Let's just talk, give a little credit to the 501st with some of the staunchest defense I think we've seen of any uh, defenders with only having 35 players on the field. Yeah, um, you know, unlike the, the DreamHack event where we also had the Utah map, but this time it was uh, Chapel on the middle and 501st being Germans managed to take it out, uh, you know, snatch it at the middle after a roughly like 10 minute battle for it at I the think start that sounds about right yep yeah and then they just made a line the classic front line that we talk about when talking about the meta and you know they were just incredible with their defense with their tank uh, as well their their armor was completely wrecking 180 unfortunately for them yep. uh yeah really interesting match there were some moments where I think 501 could have pushed uh, but you know, with 35 players in, in such a big open map, it's, it, it was hard. Well, mm-hmm. and we're, we're, we're going to keep, t- this is going to be a running show of this, uh, uh, theme of the show. Uh, I know that video is going to be up on Mono's YouTube channel. So definitely check it out. It was a great battle. Uh, we'll continue to follow with the Greyhound cup. Uh, let's do a friendly reminder too, that if you're looking for your community, if you're listening to this, uh, and you're looking for your community to be involved, signups are still active for the spring seasonal. Uh, probably the premier uh, tournament that's hosted every year uh, or occasionally throughout the year by Hadiger. Um, definitely check him out. But uh, that wraps up the community scene. Digi, the biggest news from this show. What yeah. a drop. Yeah, what a, go what ahead. a drop on Reddit. You know, again, you got to give credit where credit's due. These devs, they want to communicate. They want to get in touch with us, the gamers that play their product and, you know, take in that feedback and run with it. So we had an Ask Me Anything, an AMA on Reddit uh, a couple days back there where Max, the lead developer and brainchild of Hell Let Loose, came on and answered a lot of the community questions. 
Um, this was April 15th. And it really, there was about 44 total comments, which is more than I see in a typical AMA. And I'm on Reddit quite a bit just looking at stuff. But there's, uh, yeah, like, again, he went in full depth and continued to go for hours just answering questions that uh, were posted in that thread. Um, six of them were answer above. And I mean, <laughs> say, see we my are... answer. Just go ahead. <laughs> I already answered this. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Like we're, yeah, we're pretty demanding and we, we, we definitely know our, our problems at heart. Uh, some of the older vets will be saying the same things over and over again, just to repeat that messaging across. Um, and then a couple were, you know, trolling comments like, when did you realize you were an absolute Chad? I think was one of the questions. And I'm definitely still a Chad in training. So <laughs> there was there was a lot of good back and forth uh, dynamics from us, the community to the developers. Um, and then a lot of them were just general thanks where, again, credit where credit's due. We appreciate the game that's been made for us and the constant engagement. So thank you, uh, developers. Thank you, Max, um, for spawning it off. And then, uh, yeah, really, we got. 33 questions uh, we're going to break down through here um, and kick it off through this show that we thought were pretty good highlights of that AMA. Yeah, so, so if the, you want to start yeah, so it off, the, Inchon. Yeah, so the 33 questions, we kind of said, okay, how do we want to tackle these? And we're going to fall back to the same way that we tackle updates. Let's ask ourselves four questions. And the, pan, the panel here between Mono, Digi, and myself. And the biggest four questions I think we can ask of this AMA is, what was the biggest news that we haven't heard before that Max either... Uh, subconsciously or intentionally slipped to us for the first time in this AMA. Question number two, what was the biggest or hardest question that Max did answer? And if they did answer one, I guarantee there's some that he didn't answer. That's question number three. In our yeah. opinion, what was the biggest answer that he either uh, unconsciously avoided or intentionally avoided? We don't know because he didn't provide an answer on it. And then four, what was kind of like the biggest or most shocking thing where he directly came out and said, no to the community on an idea or something of that nature. So let's go ahead and kick this off. Number one, did you? I'll start with you on here. Biggest news that we haven't heard before that came out of the AMA. The biggest news, uh, yeah, or biggest, <laughs> biggest, yeah, biggest information, or. Well, I I think that really the biggest information that like spurred in my mind when we were looking at through a lot of these was these new utilities and and mechanics. I you know I really has a lot to kind of play through like okay where's this game going right what because you know I, I i come from like update five or four i can't remember it's been a year um and i remember running to the point and then we got trucks and then we got you know tanks and then we got more vehicles it, it just it keeps building upon itself with these new different dynamics you know now we got barbed wire that slows you and shreds you up uh you know things keep building on itself so really a lot of questions got asked you know because you know, these components get added in well was there counteractive uh things like wire cutters for the barbed wire um, maybe minesweepers diffusing kits for the engineer class like how complex uh, are we making the roles like where are we taking that so those questions kind of got asked and and you know they were kind of discussed like was rifle grenades going to be a thing um do we have sticky bombs blasted to be determined right uh, you know where are they got to find in because these were equipment used in world war ii so i mean i think it only historically makes sense that you know they become an option maybe it's on a limited quantity maybe it's not um in every game mode who knows you know i i really think these were great questions to ask and uh really big news that came out i mean other things included uh weapon resting like can you you know basically get a, 
a piece of um, uh, support for your rifle. Maybe it makes it more accurate and it'll, it'll less sway. You don't have to actually hold the shift button. Yeah. Uh, do you have ammo checking? That's a big one. In a hard hardcore uh, game like this, you know, it's really you just kind of have to have a running track. Of how many bolts did I fire? Was that five or was it six? Do you feel lucky, punk? You know, <laughs> manual zeroing. Another big one. I know all the weapons are set for 100 uh, meters distance right now. So it's really just shooting those laser beams at the most common engagement. What about the shot that got to go 300 meters? You see a little bit of a leg or a head above a fence and you want to go for it? By all means, these are planned things that they did discuss about in the AMA. Um, the other one, HMGs, which I believe is just a short phrase for heavy machine guns. Is that, that is correct? Is that what? This is what happens when you type up the show notes. Yep, yep. Black belt throwing down that uh, heavy machine gun down there. And, and, you know, everybody likes the brat. But, I mean, if you got big cannon-like guns, can, a can BFG. Can you do that one more time? We call it BFGs, not HMGs, okay? Can you do the brat for me one more time? I think brat. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, mortars also got talked about talking about heavy ordnance so do we move away from the artillery and go maybe into some mortar squads it got discussed it's likely to come in the future uh flat cannons new emplacements is really what that's coming out you know if you get these new emplacements that you know work with a heavy setting and you're really locked down you're going to figure out where in the map is the best place to put down this heavy emplacement to work the mortar team to work the heavy machine gun um it's fantastic. I think this is really good. The other thing that got discussed that I think makes a lot of people happy, bipod on a bar. <laughs> <laughs> You'll just go straight up with that thing, but if but you actually settle it. down. But does it, it need it? I, I, I don't think it needs it. In I think current, it needs it. In the current I gameplay, I don't think it needs it. I was like, <laughs> I was really surprised how many people were like, oh, you know, and that's one of the subtitles for the show, you know, a developer box in the bar. People were praising the bipod for the bar. I don't think it needs it. It's already pretty damn deadly. It's an equivalent to the STG. I, I, I don't know. Uh, Bono, there was something else that kind of stuck out to you here uh, about uh, some weapon handling. Yeah, they said uh, that they were thinking about playing with some kind of stamina system or sway system, but that they, and I think this is key, they, they said, uh, Max said, they're figuring out how to introduce it in a way that doesn't make the gameplay very static and punish attackers. And like, let's be honest, Hella Loose, it it's kind of a run and gun game. Like you can go sprinting and come off a sprint and shoot someone in the head with relative ease, especially if you're using a good weapon. Like now the bar is actually really good. It's ridiculous. It doesn't good. need a bipod. Yeah. It doesn't need a bipod. <laughs> I don't think it needs, like if it, if it gets a bipod, like, yeah, whatever. Okay, good. I don't get the amount of people asking for it as well. Like, <laughs> I, I, I've seen that comment, like, way too many times, way, uh, way more many times than I would expect. Just to. asking for options. That's all we want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give it to me. I'm not going to use it, but it, I might, you know, I might once out of 100 matches, you know. <laughs> I think I, I think the thing about the stamina system or something, and we were talking about this before the show, I would think about stop like not playing the game anymore if there was a stamina system. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like it's one of the reasons why I like this game over something like Squad or over something like Postscriptum or or over those types of games. You know, this like Hell of This to me has always felt like uh, Forgotten Hope. If anyone's ever played that, it's a, it's a mod for Battlefield that made it basically, you know, uh, more hardcore. Yeah, basically the same amount of damage from shots as you mm -hmm. get in in Hellaloose. Low, very, low very TTK. Similar. Yes. Real yeah, the realistic ballistic 
uh, impact. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. I but, think that would have a lot of play, you know, to people if they threw in a sprint in the stamina. It just does not get the same pacings that I think made the game great. Yeah, exactly. OK, like, so I, I like the gunplay right now. Like, mm-hmm. So let me perfect. let me go ahead and give a counter argument there. Oh uh, we, we, and this was yeah we we it's funny because every game every show you know we catch about 30 minutes before the live show we go and then we start talking and immediately we just jump into it so we've been saving this one up uh this, this is going to be as bad as digi's resource uh you know node uh, uh conversation but i don't think i would be so adversely uh, affected or would uh, as a if you came out of sprint some type of weapon sway you know, kind of like got to catch your breath as if, you know, when you currently hold your breath hold too long, it kind of gets a little bit of wave in there. I wouldn't be objected for like a half a second when you come out and it's a little bit wavy on that. I think that's an OK implementation of a standard system. Now, Mono, I think you disagree with me on that one. The problem with that, I think, is so if I sprint two meters. And then, you know, I try and get my gun up and suddenly I'm, I'm like, oh, man, I'm coming out of the sprint. <laughs> it's like I just sprinted, you know, five meters, whatever. I, th- that wouldn't be a thing. And, you know, if I'm a good guy, like obviously games are fantasy, right? So I like the gameplay of going around, shooting 10 dudes, you know, in a row and stuff like that. I find that a lot of fun. If, so if you implement the stamina system, it makes sense maybe if you're sprinting, you know, 150 meters to come out and, and, and be wonky, you know, be wobbly. But then how do you make it? So, you know, then what you're, the, the problem you're generating there is you're just going to force players to sprint, then stop, catch their breath, then sprint again and stop. And that's not fun. And, like and that, uh, that might uh, be a fair point because it, 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 uh, Mono's not alone in Sean on that thinking. Again, I 100% <laughs> back. I think your ideology, it just becomes an imbalance. You know, like defense is already becoming one of those superior things when it's done right and it's actually yeah. played. But shout if out you, to the if you're telling me if you're telling me you're attacking and now all of a sudden you got to like really pace it out in a game that is minutes, right? You just said uh, the AAF game game down to two minutes. It's a game of seconds sometimes. (laughs) It's a very much a game of seconds. And if you lose a couple seconds because you got to like, whoa, catch up your breath. I think that's just going to detract from like those really nitty battles. Like, again, reward players for good gunplay. Let those 10 kill streaks happen. That's what makes it really exciting for the good player. And then, you know, like, again, you're going to punish people that maybe don't get quite adjusted off of the rebound. So you're going to make worse players kind of worse. In that sensibility too, like again, picking up the you know the recoil is already a, a thing, but if you're like sloppy, you're gonna just get sloppier. Yeah, and I don't mind <laughs> being on an island. In my opinions, I've been on an island in multiple times on the show before. I'm okay there. It's a cozy island to be be on that one. But I, I think we're all agreed that like a stamina system. If you look at the difference between where we're at on like postscriptum and battlefield, you know the the drinking when you're running, you know a couple hundred meters. Yeah, none of us want that. I'm thinking that it's let's at least give to this. I'll give give a midpoint. I think it needs to be all or nothing because once you to a point mono, you know, okay, if you're going to introduce it, do you do it after 10 meters? Do you do it after 50 meters? Do you after 100 meters? I can see where that, you know, no one's really going to be happy with that distance. Um, Let's go ahead and move on, though, uh, to at least my answer here. The biggest news we haven't heard before (laughs) is 
He touched on matchmaking, which is something I don't think we've really kind of seen out there. Now, never been a concept. Never really been a concept. Uh, obviously, it's a concept in other games, especially skill-based matchmaking, uh, Overwatch, things of that nature. Um, but really, his approach to it was some functionality um, to help people get into the match quicker, uh, help you see partially feeding servers. I did like the acknowledgement on this. Let's go ahead and give it out to where he said, yes, we acknowledge that community servers is where the community prefers to play. Uh, you know, public servers are kind of the open. Uh, but I'm kind of curious here. I like to, I like to, you know, is this really just a kind of user interface improvement to help uh, seeding? I've, it's funny. I've seen people on Reddit go, I'm not playing this game anymore because the queue system sucks. I think that's a really weak argument to stop playing a game, but I can understand the frustration of it. Um, if they go more to, hey, let's have a matchmaking system where you need to be a certain rank to get into this server. You know, they've talked about some Archon issues, things of this nature. I, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, it might be reading into it, but I'm wondering how much they pull the thread on this matchmaking system and what options mm -hmm. become available for it. So um, that was my kind of, I think, the biggest news on it. But a lot of it, like you said, it was it was content-based about going forward. Um, I let's think go the... the the, I think the thing about the, the matchmaking might have a lot to do with the console ports. Console people are not really used to server browsers in a game. So, mm -hmm. you know, trying to ease that transition for a console player and also the, you know, if you want to get into a Hell of Loose match with three or four friends, it can take some time. Like Battlefield, you know, to jump into a yep. server that's not, that, that is quite full, but not full enough. So it, also if they introduce like squatting outside of the game in that menu where you see your soldier, you see five dudes or whatever, squad ready to go, you know, matchmake and maybe you're in a game with 25 people in like a matter of seconds, like that would Steam be a Steam rolling a cool thing. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it, it would be an accessibility thing. I think mostly thought of as you know for console players i think that's that's a really good concept uh yeah i think it's a really good take on going towards the matchmaking maybe just yep. for the consoles pc so master let's, race let's go ahead let's and move, move on, to, on. <laughs> yeah let's move on to question two here biggest or hardest question answered and i'll go ahead and start with this one um it's really two posts i'm going to kind of merge into one answer on it um so there was a, a talking about like hey who's who's at the captain of the ship is it black matter or is it team 17 and to me that's a pretty blunt question that I'm glad he did answer on it. And his response was, I'm going to read off of here. Uh, we have full design control over hell let loose and have always. And I'm bolding that one on there. Team 17 is our partner regarding uh, quality assurance, marketing and comms, you know, kind of that whole PR face uh, and global distribution. So I think it, I think this line right there, we have full design control and we always have, um, you know, a lot of questions in the public saying, you know, hey, how much has when they got into Team 17, uh, did they have influence addressing that? And then also, in the kind of maybe running right on the hills of our lapis, last episode talking about Kickstarter, asks about, hey, you, you guys pitch this and we get this. Can you respond to that? Um, and his response was, we were running under time pressure due to our financial situation in that our Kickstarter runway um, or how much money they had left was running out. They were basically running out of money to be able to develop a uh, product for that. And that we didn't actually know if the other ideas would work. Our clearest goal during the testing was to find a meta that we could quickly uh, iterate 
as fast as possible to hone in on the interest of the frontline experience we want? And that was specific to that question. So let's kind of merge those two things together, those two answers. To me, uh, it, it's saying that, yes, they Max is in control. He realizes that this is a business, you know, that he has to have a profitability for. He talks uh, later. We'll talk a little bit about this. The team hasn't grown, um, but he's had to make sacrifices based upon some financial obligations or financial limitations. Um, but it has been his idea. It has been him at the control of it. Um, to me, I think that and for any business leader, for any leader of any organization, that's a hard question to answer. And so uh, mm -hmm. I, I was going to say uh, that, that that list was it for me. Um, we could go for in response for Digi Mono. How did you guys kind of feel about those answers? Uh, I, I think it's good in the firming stance that, you know, they've always been in lead of their ship. Um, I Again, I, I think that's just the best messaging we could receive is, yeah, the devs are doing what they should be doing, and that's focusing on the game, yeah. not playing the back and forth of ideas. So, again, one-to-one -one yeah. relationships are a lot more direct than one-to-this-person-to-this-person. to this person, So. I like it. Bono, what do you think? I think, uh, yeah, I think a lot of uh, a lot of people are very fast to like read in like conspiratorially. Into, like, <laughs> Put the tinfoil hats on. <laughs> yeah, and you know, developing a game is hard, and obviously there are going to be things that you think might work, and then they don't. You know. Uh, I, uh, another game I play, like World of Tanks Blitz. Uh, at some point, that's a tank game. They added missiles. Everyone was pissed off. They had to take the missiles off. And, mm. you know, it can happen. Like, you have ideas that are can be great in paper. Then you implement them and, you know, you realize they don't work. And that's why I think um, maybe going into the next, uh, one of the next questions that was about the meta. Yeah, definitely. Take um, us there. Mm -hmm. You know, the meta, everyone's... We, you have people in all sides of the game complaining about, you know, I don't like the garrisons in red territory. I do like the garrisons in red territory. Uh, you know, I like the airhead. I don't like the airhead, whatever. They are trying to make a game that is highly complex, right? They're, they're, they're trying to add flamethrowers and mines and mortars and barbed wire and just and constructible building defense things. And <laughs> like... It's a really complex game, and it's a 50v50 with a squad leading system and, and, you know, a whole lot of things. So Huge map, yeah. Huge map. So, you know, what they're trying to do, They uh, Max said, uh, we have a list of features that will expand the user experience and throw twists on the meta and the way that the game is played, right? Um, so they're looking at, they're, they're going to add stuff like um, half tracks where you can spawn in, and those are supposedly going to replace red zone garrisons. Um, and they are torn between, and Max actually said, we, uh, we are also torn between continually refining the present meta while also working on new features that we've always, always intended to make up the final meta. You know, and there you go with half tracks. Um, if the half tracks are going to replace the red garrisons, what should you focus on? Should you focus on developing the half track and that whole system, or you know, should you give the players the the red garrisons for some time, then take them away and have to explain the whole thing? It's not easy. No, no answer is just like clear cut. Uh, 
you know, uh, of, of saying, oh, this is clearly the best answer. And I think a lot of people, when they think about how they think about the game, they do think that. They do think like, oh, it's obviously they need to do this. And it's like, no, it's not obvious, dude. Well, I think you're hitting on something that we kind of had uh, um, between, uh, reading between the lines here. Of, and he kind of came out a little bit and said it directly. We don't want to make drastic changes at this stage of the development because we don't necessarily have the runtime. Let's just say, you know, if this was update three, update five, we don't have the runtime to see what's the secondary and third effects of that happening. Let's go back to one of the most drastic changes that they made during the early access period, which was reducing the map and taking away multiple strong points just down to one mm -hmm. and the impact that they had on the resource nodes, things of that nature. Um, I, I can kind of feel them on this one. Um, I, I don't know. It's like I said, I, I don't know how I would have answered if, if, if I was back to that position. It's just got to be a back and forth. The game is not well, it's still alpha. It's still getting tweaked. It's still getting modified. Just don't make those cut. Boom. It happens right on the moment. Maybe you have that integration system. I like your take. Like, again, do you blend in half tracks or do you just go? And it's half tracks, right? Like, because that would just it would jar some new players. It would jar a lot of veteran players. Because again, we we all complained about, hey, you know, we need some more dynamic fighting. So they brought back the red garrisons, put in some new stipulations. It's kind of worked in some in a lot of cases. I know Inchun's really become a master of this, playing against him as commander. Um, again, it just you gotta mold and adapt as the player. But again, we are definitely entitled to the opinion and can complain one way or the other. I think having the Red Garrisons comes back was a great, um, a great thing. And then, you know, the whole nodes thing, I'm not going to go there. That was just a total like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, like, go, it, go look it, at it, episode it, eight for Digi's takes exactly. on nodes. But Digi, exactly. let's, get, so, let's get your take. Let's, let's go. Yeah. To the, and the other final thing about the, you know, what was my biggest and hardest question answered? I think it was the uh, weapon loadouts. I mean, it was just like, yeah. I mean, they've been doing so many recent updates uh, in over the last couple months, just bringing in more automatics and and tweaking guns to be a little bit more uh, optimal. You know, like you, know, you can shoot a BB. Those bars are just insane, <laughs> as we were saying earlier. But I mean, uh, this is what their take was: is our plan is that over time we'll be swapping in new weapons and gadgets so that the existing ones are not such a one-stop shop as they are now. And this is really referring to that AT class where. You know, that that bazooka on your shoulder is just it, it does it all. Right. Is that a garrison? a garrison? Is that a 300 meters away? Is that somebody <laughs> take out tanks in two hits? It, it's fantastic. Yeah. But it is well, that, you know, do all class. And Digi, when I read this one, I thought of you because if there <laughs> could be one thing that just seals Digi for another fifteen hundred hours of gameplay in this one. It's a trench gun. It's some type of shotgun. Oh my gosh! Give me a trench to. gun, goddamn it! Like I, <laughs> I think I think shotguns deserve a, a place in every video game. But that and it's, I know as soon as they get released, there's got to be somebody fighting for more range, less range, bigger spread pattern. Blah 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 blah. Yep. Don't. Well, I think don't care. Just introduce it. We'll do those tweaks as needed. But give me a trench gun because it's well, got a. It, that's what I like to play with. You know, I think it's it's got a good sensibility. Think Omaha Beach. You're storming through the trenches. Yeah. Trench gun. And I think <laughs> I, I like your, your your response on this question. You know, being this because this has really been something that the community has just been screaming about. Too many automatics. The car ninety eight, and really this has been since update eight, not just update nine. Um. What I think is key here that you, you stated there, Digi, is that they're opening open to changing or reversing 
kind of mm-hmm. some of these kits and change it out to be more of a specialized role in different classes of Jack and Jack. And I think that's that from the community aspect, that's exactly what we needed to hear. Now, what does that implementation look like? Exactly. And I really like, do you put it behind the rank lock? I think that'll be the first big assessment people have with this. It's like, it's a class lock, not going to affect veterans. Like I'm almost max 10 every class. Newer players though, you get a new guy in here and you telling him he can't have a, a shotgun until he gets to like level five engineer. Like, <laughs> you know, again, how you do this balancing. I played a lot of Call of Duty, too. I'm very familiar with, uh, you know, the original arcade sense that every gun is the same, which this game does nail down like a bar is a bar is a bar. You know, STG 44, same thing. There's no modifications. You're not in scope because you got this unlockable, blah, blah, blah. Don't ever do that because that will drive people uh to the brink yeah um uh, before we before we get on to question number three i just want to call out i, I love this part mm-hmm. of the, the live show we have, for all the quirks and dogs barking and kids coming in the room what's the best <laughs> part about live show is that instant chat feedback i want to call out drunk bunny here mm-hmm. oh man i want that trench gun just for the doom music that kicks in the killing <laughs> montage i think that's an oh, awesome boy awesome thing so Let's go ahead and get into question number three here. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, hardest question that's left unanswered. Because I, I think there was some, you know, I think at a certain point you got out of this AMA kind of the way you went in. If you thought the developers were unresponsive, you thought that before you went in, you thought the developers were unresponsive out. If you thought the developers were great going in, you thought the developers out. But let's kind of take a fair balance of this as much as we could. Mono, for you, there was questions left unanswered. What was one of the biggest questions left unanswered in your opinion? I think it's clear that they don't have a um, final answer on either the garrison system or the node system. Like okay. they're trying things out. They're not sure like what's going to happen. And they do have things in the pipeline, some of which they have talked about and some of which they obviously have not that are going to affect both things, right? The, 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 both the resource meta in terms of building nodes and stuff like that, and also the garrison meta. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people get upset, or of like, they see the resource nodes the way they are. They are now. It's like, where is this game going? Is this going to be, you know, I don't like building. Building is boring. Whatever. Like, I think the answer right now is like they don't really know, and that's fine. At least for me, that's fine. Like, it, if they need to try things out, they need to try and see what works, what doesn't, and what's fun and what isn't. And but that's, is it? Is know, part say, of let the me, process. Let- let me play devil's advocate here. We're supposed to be update 10 is supposed to be the live release. And to go back to that runtime and changes, if you're going to go from a, a, from an early access game to a live game and you don't have that answered yet, mm-hmm. I, dude, I, I was going to say, if I was in Max's position as a project manager or something of that nature, I would kick that PTE server. I would invent all my veterans to go on there and I would run that PTE server for two weeks and just change some stuff. I, I I don't know if they have the time to be able to dance around these issues on like something as huge as the resource system. The, the door was opened, right? I mean, they opened a door, the Pandora's box to resources and notes. Once you got down this pathway, you're bound, really. And you've got to find the solution because you and it's a really it's really a tight line. They're going to have to walk on this because one hand you got this one hand you got that and you know with all these other improvements like commander abilities you gotta need the you gotta have resources you gotta have nodes to have resources right there's gotta be some juggling back and forth on this concept and i think this will be one of the biggest 
um, needs to be tweaked things um, that we got out of all the questions asked was resources. Yeah, I, mean, I would love I would love to see I'd the love PTE. to go further. <laughs> I'd love to see the PTE just like run. And yes, it's mm-hmm. going to drop the seam yes. charts on the active game. But let's get the PTE up and active and say veterans mm-hmm. this week. We're going to be trying this variable changes. Let us know. OK, now give us feedback this week. We're going to be trying these variable changes. We're going to open the map. We're going to have multiple spawn points, multiple strong points. We're going to be trying. That is the things that I just think we're running out of time. Yes, we have a playable game, but could we have a better game upon release? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I don't I, you know. I yeah, think that, that I, I, yeah, in, go ahead in the chat. Go. We got Star Lord go for two weeks on the PTE just straight. So <laughs> go I ahead, would, Mono. I would actually, I would actually keep the PTE live mm-hmm. always. Like I wouldn't ever t- take it down. I would have the PTE be something like, all right nobody can build garrisons or OPs. It's just Battlefield, you know? It's mm-hmm. Battlefield, and these are fixed Well, well let's not get crazy here. <laughs> well, they could, do, do... they could do a release, and like this week we're doing, you know, and then that's just the change in the do, PTE, right? I would do crazy stuff like that, because if you do stuff like that, that's when you really... So, okay, if you want to... This is a really bad example, but if you want to <laughs> paint a, 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 a wall, you know, uh, whatever, uh, some color, and you're torn between whatever green or yellow. That's that's a very different choice, right? Uh, but, How to find but a new wife? Green, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you decide you decide uh, green, for example. Now it's let's go. Which what shade of green, right? So the point is, try something out on the PT. Use the half tracks, whatever. Have them be stewards or mm. trucks or whatever with us with a garrison system inside of it i don't care like reskin something whatever um make it drivable that's it see how Indeed. that works and it, and and you know start doing that thing and it, and and i really think they need to do that for like a couple of months and as you said like update 10 if i were max i would first focus really on on this part of the game on on the meta and the systems themselves and then released content, then released the, the the Eastern Front and the Italians and the British and the Canadians and whatever. Pacific hey, campaigns, things that nature. I also allude to that. Uh, no, well, let's not like go to the Pacific just yet. <laughs> yeah. I, I, as as a yeah. Marine, as a Marine, I want I want every bit of Chessy Poor to come out of my gameplay. Yeah. But Digi, there there was one for you that you felt was a biggest gap that they did or biggest miss that yeah, they didn't really we, address. I mean, meta ideas pitched by these communities. Like, I've here's what was taken. I've seen many proposed toll changes to the sector system, and many of them would make HLL into an entirely different game. Case in point, what we're talking about with meta issues on their own, on top of general viability issues, always in question. The main issue with rewriting the current subsystems is that the outcome would need to be worth the cost of the rewrite. So, again, it's time. It's a lot of their time to work on these things. And again, they've come out with the priority list. Like, here's the roadmap. Um, We're going to crank out boom, 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 boom while maintaining the interest, because I think a lot of the public wants to respond. That's why we get these sneak peeks of the Russian front, because that that's the engagement piece. But is that, you know, like the hard focus, maybe the optimizations it's there, but it's it's not being said and that worries some people. But yeah, it has very clear gains that are otherwise inhibiting us from achieving something distinct or fixing a critical issue. So it's it's a balancing act. That was a great segue right into our question for what was the biggest answer mm-hmm. going against the community there. I think, you know, pulling those two in the meta 
He didn't really address it straight up about resources, but he also addressed kind of the community hate direct response from that one. I think that was a good one. Uh, before we completely remove, let's just go ahead and touch acknowledge two things on what he didn't address. He didn't address grass. Um, that's supposed to be coming in the yep. patch. He didn't address player loadouts or limiting the, the amount of player loadouts to where you can't have, you know, a squad leader, an AT gun in 2018, you know, little hundred killer squads going out. No, nothing addressed on that. Those questions were asked. Nothing was answered. But you're right. He did kind of come back against the meta and say, hey, there's some challenges we have to do here. Uh, let me go ahead. And Mato, I'll let you have the last answer to this one, but I'm going to go ahead and jump into here. Things that he um, went against, and this is actually something that we've said on the show here. Uh, he said, hey, you know, the the decision not to have smaller, more frequent patches against a larger patch. And really, he took the standpoint of saying we like the larger patches. Yes, we acknowledge that's what the mm -hmm. community said, but we like the larger patches from a hype standpoint or marketing standpoint. Look at all this mm -hmm. content. Yes, it has some under you know back in maybe some things that a lot of the veteran players only acknowledge, but. Hey, I and I files locked, which was probably one of the biggest things. About that, that was the biggest. That was, that was definitely a, a, a big change. It big, big. but you yeah. know, it also came with some of the Scary. melee and all the other stuff. That's kind of window mm -hmm. dressing on that one. Um, I, I don't know if I like the answer. It was definitely, I think against a lot of the community, but he acknowledged that this is a conscious decision that they're doing. Uh, Mono, what was something for your aspect that you feel like kind of went against with the community's desires that he answered from that, from that one? Well, um, one is the, the having, instead of the grid system with the squares, having a hex grid system. And he basically said, you know, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's the same thing. You are restricting with arbitrary geometry something, you know, like. But is yeah, it? It's basically the same. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think. So you have to look at, at it both ways. Uh, one is the straight line. The other one is like, if you could allow that line, you know, to have like sectors of four or whatever, which would be like a hexy thick system, maybe. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I think he's referring to the fact of this, the shape itself of the hex, not maybe, yep. not necessarily to the, not, uh, let's see, of having a more dynamic front line, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that, that's, that, and it always kicked back to the dynamic fight that everybody wants. So yeah, that's yeah. just another means to do it. I mean, we've we've talked about in the previous episodes, like just making maybe the the point itself, make that strong point sector a little wider, and that's it. And everything else is it's it's open ground, right? You don't it's not in lockup. You can build a garrison wherever, you know. Yeah, it, and the 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 other one is specifically on garrisons on limiting the spawns on garrisons and this one's a comment that i've seen mm -hmm. so many times on reddit on discord on my own videos and stuff well it has a lot of support know, from the veteran players to huge. limit the spawns yes but you gotta ask yourself one question my man have you ever played a game with a timer where you have to finish something before that timer runs out it is the worst feeling ever and spawning at a garrison that has a set amount of waves will put you in that position where you are basically fighting the clock. It almost can incentivize you to, uh, you know, go suicidal because you know the garrison's running out of spawn points and you want to respawn to get your grenades back or something like that. Well, let's, let's go be, back I'll to... Be gripe, I'll be griping more in public matches with that <laughs> idea because, oh, that guy's not a good shooter and he got in before me. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. it, it'll, have, it'll have its moments, That's but... That's going to yeah. happen. 
it'll yeah, lead the organization, right? Well, and if we and, if we and, think people are this frustrated about a server queue system, could you imagine being frustrated oh, about a spawn queue? And I imagine. think uh, Mono, I think you're right on there because he did acknowledge that they tried this before, and I think the answer was a little weak. Let's be honest. That said, hey. It was confusing for players. They didn't know what is it. I think you could do a UI interface that could answer that. But I wish they just would have came out and said, hey, we don't think we like that gameplay. Exactly what you're saying, Digi. Why are you letting a level five in before me beat a level 200? It'll, it'll get and grippy. <laughs> I mean, it, but again, if you do it a hybrid system, like if you build a garrison in the blue, it's well, everybody can come back in. Then you favor the defense. If you have the red garrisons only let in a limited, then, you know, you're not favoring the offense enough. It, there's so much more in play with that idea. It, but again, it's worth the discussion. It is. It is. So let's go ahead and wrap, wrap this all up and I'm going to get your okay. guys's opinions on it. So. Here's kind of my final takeaways from, you know, mm -hmm. hey, we answered these four questions. We got 33 real questions answered. Here's some of the main three things I took away from the AMA. One, it is clear that Max is a business leader um, and a game developer. He's wearing both those hats uh, and he's responding back to it. And I think, you know, one of the more telling ones is when this was just a small team of three, yeah, I think he felt a little bit less responsibility as a business leader, but he acknowledged now that there's 70 people that are depending on Max and his decisions as a form of income, as a livelihood. His decisions are affecting not just us as community, but those 70 players. And I think he showed that in his answers without directly coming out and saying, look, I'm trying to make sure everybody gets a paycheck uh, at the end of the week. I, I think that was telling. The second one is, I think a lot of this is saying the foundation of this game is set. Yes, you know, we talked about the resources, we talked about, uh, you know, we, 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 there's not going to be a radical change, I think, coming out of early access or after early access. So the game that we have now, he acknowledged twists, I think is what you said, Mono, you know, some twists, some tweaks, some things of that nature, but not a wholesale yeah. replacement. So at this point, if you're happy with the game, I think you're going to be happy with the game at early access uh, release or once we come out of it. If you're unhappy with the game, I don't think you're going to be getting, you know, your knight in shining armor to come in and revert back to whatever glory days you had before. Does that suck? Yes. Is it a conscious decision for the first point? I think so. I acknowledge it. The final one is a lot of his questions that he chose to answer. A lot of questions was about new content. Yes, they acknowledge some of the patches, but it's clear that new content is what they view as being their best income stream to bring more people into the game. Um, things of that nature right wrong or indifferent um for me the ama let, i'm gonna ask all three of you here or all two of you all three of us let's go with it um i think the ama was uh affirmation a lot of what the community was feeling not necessarily anything groundbreaking i do appreciate the gesture of it um so i, I thought the ama was r relatively good not great mono how did you feel about the ama overall i think uh it has to do with expectations uh like i never expected the ama to be this relatively oh man that that word is hard, hard to pronounce for me uh this like revelation of oh my god you know max said whatever like that's not gonna happen ever in any ama so um i think it was all right like he answered some questions that i do think are important like hey you know the the garrison spawn limit we tried it. We didn't like it. Like, it's not like we don't try th things, you know, it's, uh, I, I think a lot of people have a very negative, uh, 
mindset when going into like these types of questions and what they expect from the developer at the end of the day they are making a game that they are trying to it has to be accessible enough for you know to fill those 100 person servers maybe if we were a smaller game the the focus would be different but it's not definitely not you know yep digi it's moving the ball forward i mean it really is just building upon the structure you've already got I mean, you've got a pretty base uh, game that, you know, has its core elements. What we we're saying, like the gunplay is what I think sells it to a lot of people. And you yeah. got all these other components that build off of that. Right. I mean, the pillars that are supporting this whole roof and, you know, you're making these decisions to get new people in. And then again, you've got a pretty hard base that still follows the game, but you got to make us, you know, like, again, want to continue with it. I mean, I think there's a good following. I again, I. <laughs> The games that last in perpetuity are able to retain um, concepts that veteran and people just appreciate. And it, that's like, again, that sells it to them. That's what they get their the most jollies out of. Don't lose sight of that. Um, those factors. So, again, if you change the gunplay, you add a sprint system, any of those other things we were saying, it's going to drive some of these people that have been around for hundreds of hours just to the hills yeah. it's and granted we might be wrong yeah. who who the, are we but the critics you know the exactly on, we are the critics yes um so. but i i think again it it, it it every side of the coin is worth talking about um I, I i really enjoyed the discussion today i think it was fantastic the ama itself really fit uh, really good um emphasis i like your take good not great um but again necessary i think it's required you know i yeah. i think continue to do these because it's so much showing that you know the devs want to communicate with us the community and, and, and it really just builds up and of speaking that. of continuing we're going to go ahead and wrap up the kind of main segment mm -hmm. here but what we're going to continue with as bonus content uh is uh mono talking to him uh really about mono and interviewing mono as a content creator uh mono mm -hmm. we appreciate you being on here as an analyst uh stick around here we'll get on and uh, get to know mono a little better uh, but thank you once again, Mono. Any final thoughts before you, we uh, sign out for this segment? Uh, no, great talking about the game, dude. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate right. having you on for episode 10, Mono. Yep. All righty. <sighs> this time, so we had our hero of the show in, in life, in person. Thank you, Sam. Uh, again, if you didn't catch that and you're just jumping in now, uh, the cleanup crew on Curryhee Mountain. Fantastic. Watch the first part of the show when it comes out on YouTube. But now we got the zero post of the show, which we haven't had in a while. But we found one that was worthy of the show. And <laughs> this is, as uh, Inchung kept calling it, King of the North. King of the North. Uh, so so I got the image up Bring here, Digi. But uh, you were actually a squad leader. This is one of the very few times I was not a squad oh leader. I think I was just kind of chilling as like a rifleman or something. If I don't think they're going to recognize right away what's on the graphic. You want to show or you want to break us down the command, the squad chat, what was happening here in this game? So here we have uh, Karantan as the map. And uh, everybody who's been playing the game recently knows what the new symbols they have for the garrison markers. Top two rows. This is why we call him the king of the north. He built every single garrison. <laughs> the commander built every single garrison. We weren't allowed as squad leads to build a garrison. We got every garrison shut down or it was removed by him, and he'd go build it somewhere else. And as you can see, he had a game plan. He had a mission and objective yeah. in this game to put them all in the very top two rows. And if you're um, one and of you those... can see, and it worked. It, I, you know, again, the other team was not very good. 
Yeah. Um, you know, we had a lot of organized uh, camp members playing on the one side, like, hey, we're going to do this and that. And, you know, we weren't even talking the command chat. But <laughs> and if you're if you're one of like the 70 people that listen to this show on Spotify or something about that random shout mm-hmm. out to our sub segment there, what you got is Caratan with Canal Crossing and this commander. I mean, it's been so it's so weird. We had such a fun time with this one in Discord because, mm-hmm. yes, we have eight garrisons down. Bravo! We haven't commander filled garrisons. Hey, you know, bravo to atta- that. We're attacking the last point, and he's got four garrisons. We like two lock sectors back. The other four in a lock sector. We don't have a single garrison in our lock sector. And mm-hmm. I don't. I, I I think we tried to kick this commander like three or four times. And Digi, you were a command jet. You said he was adamant that he was doing the right thing. He just wouldn't get us get a word in. It was just it was like, honestly, I don't think he stopped talking for like a solid hour. It was like, OK, you're doing this and oh, OK. And you're and he was, a more descriptive breakdown. Like, again, there's no garrison in. Uh, so the, the second last point for the enemy was ruins. We capped that with no garrisons. And no then we garrisons. didn't build a single garrison within. I don't know what if it measure that out. That's like 600 meters away from the actual strong point after we capped it. We had all well, our eight, two grid squares back from the final point. It's like, what? And, and I know we're already running low at this, t- low at this time, but this, this, this <laughs> King of the North meme lasted in our Discord for a better part of the week. And because this, I, I was debating when we got on the show, were you going to make him a zero or are we going to make him a blueberry on this one? He wasn't a blueberry. This was an like experienced commander that obviously yeah, knew he had command- level 200. Yeah. yeah, he's like a level 200 guy, but this was his thing. We're, we're, we're going to have it. So uh, this this easily went into the the uh, zero of the week there. Are you out of uh, but you know mind? what? You can meme was- and you can do all the dynamic gameplay you want in this game. You have the ability to do yeah. this. Kind and of I, I just I, I had to get the key and pill. We took the trombone away. It was the key and pill little bit of a. Are you out of your goddamn mind? Are you out of your goddamn mind? Thank you. Thank you, Key and Pill episode for that one. Uh, but I dude, I don't even want to look at this anymore because it was just it was just so frustrating. Let's go ahead and uh wrap this up. Like I said, we're gonna be getting to some bonus content here with Mono. Been a while since we've done some bonus content for the show, but Digi, this show was just packed with uh, uh a all lot. our shows the last little bit have been packed. I like the way we're going with it. I think uh, you know, in closing. We didn't plan to do a follow up as our guest, um, but it did have more critical things to say. We just didn't get to like in our last episode, we had Grim Graced and Double Douche. We have so much that come into these shows that we want to discuss about and just talk for talk and talk. But again, I think this is another excellent show. Um, What's your thoughts? I I was going to say the the last episode was our, hey, did the developers keep the Kickstarter promise? I'll Mm -hmm. acknowledge, was it a little bit of clickbait? Yes, I wanted to see if it was effective. It was effective as clickbait. Uh, but what it was also effective with was was we actually had uh, a team or a member of Black Matter reach out to the uh, production team mm-hmm. here asking for our research going through. So for those that say, hey, the developers don't listen, they're not acknowledging, let me at least throw out this data point that they took our show notes, they took all our research, and what they're going to do with it, who knows, uh, but they did reach out, which was a huge acknowledgement. Uh, I want to go ahead and give another huge shout out to Sunseeker helping us a lot with the research on this episode. You'll also notice a new member of on our credits. If you do watch all the way to the credits, we thank you. Uh, Sergeant Ramirez working on the thumbnails, working some of the graphics reports. Thank you, Sergeant Ramirez. That's all that I got for episode 10. 
did you go ahead and close us out here? Yeah, again, guys, we do this for the community and the community is great to us. Uh, appreciate every show you guys come out to and every every watch uh, and listen on Spotify, YouTube. Uh, we can't thank you guys enough. Um, the community is great. Um, we love the game and uh, love you guys and appreciate everything you're doing for us. So without further ado, um, that'll wrap up the show. But stick around for some bonus content and uh, see you on the battlefield. Thanks.